Hey guys, I'm lead pastor Noel Peepgrass, and I just wanted to welcome you to the Exeter Valley Church podcast. Our church plant started in 2021 with the goal of seeing God's kingdom extended in our hometown. If you're curious about Jesus, looking for a church family to be a part of, or feel called to join a kingdom expansion in Exeter, California, we'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. in our historic building at 218 West Pine Street. For more information, head on over to www.exetervalleychurch.com or visit our Instagram page. Thanks for listening. The follow the way of love, that's how it starts off. And then it says, desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Before I go into the fact that this is an apostolic mandate, meaning Paul, he has authority to tell you what to do, in the area of Christianity, so we better listen to him. And if listening to him means that we should eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, then we got to do that. But before we go there, the, fr- the more important thing is to follow the way of love. Just before we read this, he goes into 1 Corinthians 13, which has been so spoiled by all the weddings. You know, I, I, I love you know, saying it at weddings, you know, uh, love is patient, love is kind. You know. That's a very important chapter. We can't say, hey, we heard that song before. We'll never stop learning about the way of love. And the way of love is Trinitarian. That means you cannot, you cannot know love unless you know Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Because love is outgoing, not about itself. If God was just a single person, he'd be very selfish. But in fact, he delights in the Son, and the Son delights in the Father. Their love is an outgoing light. The Father is the source, and Jesus is the radiance. He's the outgoing. Our God is an outgoing God. It's, he's not selfish. He doesn't demand people to look. He's always putting His Son on display. The Son's always putting the Father on display, and the Holy Spirit is the love that they share. And so we cannot know the way of love unless we know that. Because love is not inward. Love is always about the other. And so, before we practice spiritual gifts, it's important to know that when you're operating in the spiritual gifts, it's not about the show. I don't like the show. Where some anointed guy gets up and he starts impressing people. It is impressive when someone's operating in the Holy Spirit. It's impressive. Because God is impressive, and he's the one who gave the gift. Mm -hmm. But when the person makes it about themselves and how good their platform is, I get sick. Because my job isn't to come in here and operate in the gifts and impress you, though that might happen if I get, you know, if I get lucky, you know, and I'm hearing God. I want, my job is that you would do it. I'm, we are to equip one another. The goal is not to be impressed with the guy with the microphone. The goal is that we all would learn and we'd all be doing it so that when you're at Walmart or Target, what's what's the, anyway, I don't shop. So (laughs) my wife's like, yeah, he doesn't shop. When you're anywhere, you could operate in the gifts. It's not an event. You don't need a microphone. In fact, some of the best things that happen are in the store. I was just at the car wash the other day 
And I just had a, I looked into the girl's eyes who was handing me, you know, my permission slip to go through the car wash. <laughs> I don't know why I said permission slip, but anyway. <laughs> so I, l- I just looked at her eyes and instantly the Lord just showed me something about her and I shared it and I encouraged her. And her face got brighter. And I don't even know if she's following the Lord right now. I don't know. But my job is just to be faithful to what God says in the moment. It's not about me. I, it's not even about my church. I didn't go, now come to Radiant Church where we all do prophecy. You know, like, <laughs> God will direct her. I don't, I don't want to control anybody. And I'm, and I'm, I'm afraid of, um, even when I talk about the gifts that even people have been abused by people that are anointed with the gifts. You know, and, I, and that might, might not be some of you, but I just am very aware in the moment <laughs> that um, this isn't about how cool I am or how cool the person with the gifts is. It's about an outpouring love of God. So if you do not feel loved by me this morning or my team, um, I'm sorry. It's my intention that you would know that you're, you're valuable, you're important, and I don't, I don't want to impress anybody, and I might not. I mean, I might not have a word, and I might stand up here and look kind of dumb, but I'm okay with that because I'm not impressive. God is. So I just want to start with the way of love. That's love. Love is about the other. That's important because I think we want to jump right into the power thing. You know, you can't handle power if you don't know the way of love. Amen? Okay. Now that I feel better, let's go into the verse here. So the, the word that keeps being, uh, talked about is prophecy. Paul, Paul is saying that, hey, speaking in tongues is awesome. Oof, gosh, is that okay? Speaking in tongues is awesome. I do it a lot. I want you to do it. Okay, I'm not going to teach on speaking in tongues. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll wait till later to do that. I don't know. But he's really excited about this gift prophecy, okay, because it's for the building up. It's, for, it's that you would be more emboldened and encouraged to do the very work of God. So if you get a prophetic word from someone and you're discouraged, I don't think prophecy has happened at all. There are some things that prophetic person might say or, or, the, or the spirit might give some prophetically that's challenging and maybe negative sounding. That doesn't happen a lot, but it's always for the building up. Mm-hmm. Truth hurts sometimes. Uh, but if it's truth spoken in love, it'll build up. So, prophecy is exciting to Paul because he wants to see church built up so that we would re- reach the unity of the faith, right? The knowledge of the Son of God and the maturity of Christ. Then we won't be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So, Paul's really excited about prophecy because that's one of the major ways we build each other up. Um, there are a lot more churches now that are open to the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit than there were before. Um, but I want to say gently and firmly, if that's even possible, to be open to, to the gifts of the Spirit is not enough. Paul didn't say be open to the Holy Spirit. He said follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. 
So when churches are just open, I don't think they're obeying Scripture. And when churches are against, I think it's even worse. So I only say that to give you confidence that it's okay to desire spiritual gifts. Right? It's like when I don't want to forgive someone, I am confident to forgive them even though I can go against my feelings because it's a commandment. My feelings might go, that's not right, don't forgive. But the word of God says to do it. So I move forward in confidence, not trusting my feelings, right? It's because this is scary, mysterious to some people and your feelings, the natural thing would be like, don't do this, this is risky. That's a natural thing. But the commandment, the apostolic mandate is no, run after that. So I say that just to give you confidence to go after it and not to feel bad if you want to operate in the prophetic. Just follow the way of love. So, um, it's also good, too, because I think it's very effective evangelism. If you look at what he says later on, oh my gosh, I don't have the chapter. Somewhere in here. If an unbeliever, an inquirer, is that still in 14? Is it? it, Okay, awesome. Oh yeah, verse 24, I did write it. Good job, Danny. If an unbeliever and an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. The secrets of their hearts is like made known. How did you know that? You know how many times we've heard in our, in our prayer groups, they knew things about me, or how did you know to pray this or how to pray that? And uh, we actually have a community at Radiant that is awesome. My favorite part after baptism is when everyone gets to have prayer because usually the prayers have some prophetic in them and the person is super built up and they're like, how did they know? It's because the secrets of their heart were laid bare. Yeah. And that's not exposing. It's actually exciting. It's, it's like that feeling that Nathaniel got when Jesus said, I, I, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. And he's like, oh, you know me. How do you know me? And, 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 he's, and then he'd believe that Jesus was the Son of God right then and there. And Jesus like, you just believe because I gave you a word of knowledge? You're going to see greater things than this, you know. It's this feeling of like, God knows me, and it causes you to want to follow him. Um, so Sam Storms uh, is an author of a book called The... Beginner's Guide to the Holy Spirit, or Beginner's Guide to the Gifts of the Spirit and Practicing the Power. The first one is for someone that might be skeptical, and he does a great job because he was a person that did not believe that the gifts of spirits were, sp- spirit was for today, but he wrote a book about it, and he introduces it as a beginner's guide. It's great. That's an awesome book I, I will refer you to, and then also Practicing the Power. Um, I think he does a great job of giving you a good theology for it. So he defines prophecy as um, the human speaking of something God has spontaneously brought to mind. So it is information that you receive supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. You would not know unless God revealed it to you. Um, and then it's the human reporting that. And I'm going to talk about that process. When you get something, and then you're going to report it. I'm going to talk to you about that process because we might do that. And I might, um, I might pray over a couple of you 
so that everyone can see if you will be okay, only that we can all learn. And so we'll get there in just a second. But my, my goal here today is that you would be like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can try that. So, um, and then the word, I'm not going to get into this a lot, but the word uh, prophet uh, is kind of weird because we think of Old Testament prophets like Isaiah, Elijah, Jeremiah, and the like. Um, we are not, when, when a person in the New Testament is called a prophet, it's not like the, how it was in the Old Testament. Completely different covenant. In the Old Covenant, God only spoke through his prophets. That's it. If you wanted to hear God, you had to find a prophet. So, uh, now, under the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit's been poured out on the entire church, and now we can all discern the voice of God. So it's different, and if you want, if you want to read a little bit more about uh, that, the old difference between Old Testament prophet, New Testament prophet, again, Sam Storms is great on that, and I, I referred to his book, and um, I would, if you want to go deeper into that, you can find it there. So I want to I then bring up this point is that now when even a prophet, somebody who's the office of a prophet, they still, and I'll show you from scripture how it happened too in the New Testament, they still have a human element when they deliver a prophetic word. Sometimes a prophet, usually is someone recognized with a great track record, the church recognizes them, they trust him or her. And they, they have such a good track record, and they do hear from God a lot. The frequency and the intensity of it is just higher than anybody else around them. And so people be like, man, you are a prophet. And then, but we are all able, because of the gift of the Spirit, we're all able to prophesy and learn. But the main point is that there's still a human element in it, and that mixture is not always pretty, and we still have to learn and to weigh so uh, let, me, let me read some scriptures here. In 1 Corinthians 14, again, it says, Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Again, this is Thessalonians 5, 2, or 5, 21 through 22. It says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecy. Do not despise prophecy. Another apostolic mandate. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Now, just those two uh, scriptures tell you right there that no matter who's giving the prophetic word, we're all supposed to weigh it and discern it. And the reason is because God did speak, but that human mixture is going to be there, and it's our job to sift what is from the Spirit and what is from the Lord. So, if, th- if, it was, if prophets were held to the same standard there wouldn't need to be this weighing or learning. It would just be the word of the Lord. But we're all called to learn and grow in the prophetic. And so it's important that you know that you have the Holy Spirit. Unless you don't, we could pray for you. you know, if, you don't, if, you're not, if you haven't given your life to the Lord you know, and you don't have the Holy Spirit, we can, we can pray for you at the end. Um, but you have the Holy Spirit. That means God is in you. And he can also communicate and bear witness if it's him or not. And, it's, and our life is about growing closer to that voice and learning how to discern him 
And the more we grow knowing him, the more we love him, the more we love others, the more we recognize the shepherd's voice. Uh, and then when someone gives a prophetic word, you'd be like, that's it. That's it. Or oh, that part of it um, might sound a little bit like he's trying to add some hamburger helper to it, you know, like, but that thing that you said, man, that really resonates. And that's how it works. Some people are really mature in it and really detailed. They can sit here and be like, seven years old, this happened to you, you know, and you'd be like, wow. And, uh, and then you'd know it's from God because you'd be like, how did he know that from me? But some people don't have that much accuracy and that's okay, we're all learning. And they're trying to articulate how they're sensing God and, and then you kind of sit there and weigh it and you receive what is good. And then you throw away what's not helpful or not building up. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says this, all, you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. It's a very good scripture to, to have. You can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all, may be, er, and all can be encouraged. So right there, you have permission that you can learn and grow in the prophetic. And I, right now, I want to discuss a little bit how, how we can hear God, how, how he speaks. And there's this analogy that I've heard before that has super help, helpful for me to understand this. But in your house, uh, maybe not the young people, but in your house, you have dishes that you use every day. They're usually plastic. They're usually cheap. And then there's the fine china that you bring out on rare occasions, holidays even. God typically speaks through what I call the, those typical dishes, the everyday cups, the plastic cups. Um, it's, the, it's a more common way that he speaks. The fine china is like these rare occasions where God's using his audible voice. You might not even hear that in your lifetime, but it's, it's these rare occasions. So there's the common things that you eat and drink every day with. Um, that's usually how God speaks. And then there's these rare occasions where God uses what I call the fine china. And if that is not helpful for you, just know that there's rare instances and there's common things that you'll probably experience daily. So those common uh, experiences or, or uh, dishes, if you will, are like impressions. Have you ever heard that term, impression? So when the Holy Spirit gives you an impression, it's like this sense of something. It's like he put... Put your, he put his hand on your heart, and you're like, ah, I just sense God saying something like this, something like this, and you're trying to like discern what it is, but you, you, you can kind of sense it. This is what the Lord's saying, and then you try to put words to it, and then there's dreams. Um, you might have dreams uh, in the night. You know, you wake up, and you had a, a particular dream, and God spoke to you through that. I think dreams happen a lot more. Um, memories too. You might, um, a memory might pop up. You might see somebody, uh, you know, at the store that reminds you of your old friend. And instead of going, hmm, huh, he reminds me of my old friend. It might be God saying, hey, remember your old friend? There's something about him that's kind of like your old friend and I want you to say something. It's pretty interesting. I mean, God, it, the Holy Spirit has access to our memory bank. And so he could bring up some stuff 
And sometimes it's, uh, he's communicating in a creative way that can get you to, to communicate to that person in an effective way. And so he'll use memories, um, thoughts, like he'll put <coughs> words in your head, like actual thoughts, like you'll hear an, even a name. One time I heard a name, Sam, and it was before I spoke, uh, and it was just, it kept saying, Sam, Sam, Sam. And I was like, oh, this is either God or annoying thought. So I thought, I'll just say it out loud just to get out of my head. And before I preached, and it was a pretty big room, so I was taking a risk, I, I said, is there, is there a, a guy named Sam here? And four people stood up. I was like, okay, well, odds are there's somebody named Sam. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I'll just pray for all four of you. And I started praying, and the scripture that came to my mind was uh, from Isaiah. I don't remember, but it was in Isaiah. It says, no longer will the teacher be hidden from you, um, but you will see him. And behind you, a voice will sound saying, this is the way, walk in it. And I was saying, God's not going to hide himself from you anymore. And that, I, I prayed that over them. The next day, I found out there was a, a kid named Sam in that place that was about to walk away from the faith. And he told God he has... I don't, re- I don't recommend doing this, but he told God that he had 24 hours to prove that he was real or he was done. And so before 24 hours was up, oh, we're just hanging out. <laughs> you, could, you could just tell that we're just talking about prophetic words and the Bible. We're just having a good time. It's really fun. You want to join? That was awesome. <laughs> uh, so he, he, the guy, Sam, uh, was going to, you know, walk away from the faith. He wanted God to prove that he was real. And so when I stood up, uh, you know, that evening, um, that was for Sam confirmation that God is real and he loves him. And uh, he, yeah. A video was made about that testimony, and then like a week later, I got sent the video. I had, I had no clue this happened that night. I walked away thinking, what's that Sam business all about? Whatever, you know, just being obedient. And then a week later, or a few days later, I got sent the video of the director of that place. Of this, and He's like, just watch this. And I was like, I watched it. It took halfway through the, this testimony. I was like, oh, that's the Sam. Oh, my gosh, whoa. So... Um, he, he might give you a name or a word. It might, it com- a sentence might come in your uh, head, you know. Mental pictures, this is big. Some people are really imaginative and they have vivid uh, images in their imagination. And the word, even our imagination, we, we in the West think our imagination is just like this playful thing that is like, oh, that's just your imagination, you know, and we're all, that's just your imagination. You know, we God doesn't think about your imagination like that. He really likes to access your imagination. He likes to fill it with himself. In fact, sometimes picturing Jesus is a way he manifests his presence into your imagination. He created your imagination. He loves your imagination. It's not just some, you know, immature thing. And then, you know, once you get into the enlightenment and you're smart, uh, you can throw that imagination away and just talk about facts. No, your imagination was created. He uses your imagination. It's awesome. In fact, when you pray and you're reading scripture, fill your imagination with the scene. When Jesus is washing feet, imagine he's washing your feet. That's, not, that's just extra stuff. So, oh, this is fun. This is fun. Sym- sympathetic pains. I just like saying that. Sympathetic pains. You know what that is? 
Okay, I was leading worship uh, when we were still under the black tent. Remember the black tent days at Radiant? Those are the best days. I know, it only lasted a little bit. But we were under the black tent, and we were, because it's COVID, you know, COVID was just ending, and we can gather, but we're outside still. And we're, I'm, I'm leading worship, and uh, I feel pain in my neck right here. Randomly, just happened. And, I, and for some reason, I just knew it wasn't my pain. How, how do you know that? I don't know. I, I'm really dull. I'm really not smart. Uh, well, I'm, you know, I don't want to be mean to myself. I'm, I'm an average guy, you know. <laughs> I'm not dumb, but, but I, um, I, I, I just know that this is not my pain on my neck. So after the song, I go, hey, I, I felt pain right here on my neck. I feel like it's not mine. Can I pray for someone who's... Uh, neck hurts right here, you know, and it, one of my friends uh, raises her hand way in the back, and I'm like, oh, cool, so I pray um, for her from the stage, like way in the back, she looks, you know, a little, little itty-bitty, and I'm like, I pray for Heidi, and um, healing, you know, in Jesus' name, great, finish the service, awesome, I'm driving home, and uh, I'm, I'm, someone's honking behind me, and it's my friend hanging out the window. Daddy, my neck is healed! And so I'm like, oh, awesome. So uh, that was an incident that I had a sympathetic pain. And that doesn't happen a lot. I, I only have a, maybe one or two of those stories. So I'm wanting more. I'm wanting more of those stories. I'm wanting more of those in- instances. But that is one time I had a sympathetic pain. Um, the fine china, this is the rare occasion, audible voice. That means you hear God like you hear me, and he's talking to you. That doesn't happen uh, to everyone. That doesn't happen to everyone. I want it to. I pray, God, please, I want to hear you. I mean, I want that. I want to hear God's voice. It might be really scary, but I want it. I haven't got it yet, and I don't know if he will, um, but that is, a, that is a way that he speaks. He'll speak to people audibly. Usually, like, somewhere in the Middle East, like a Muslim will hear the audible voice of God, and he'll have this radical conversion. It's like, why can't you do that here? Do I need to go to the Middle East? <laughs> and then he's like, yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> go to Yemen. <laughs> so, internal audible voice. The internal audible voice, that's like you, it, you hear it out loud, but it's inside. It's like vibrating you. A, a lot of people have experienced this voice from the inside. It's not imaginative. It's, it's audible, but it's inside. I don't know how to explain that, but it's like, it's, sh- it's shaking. Um, open vision. An open vision is like, if I'm looking at that wall, uh, like a movie screen will happen right on the wall, and, and I will have an open vision. And usually those ways of communicating, you're probably not off. Like, you're not, ge- it's not guesswork. It's like, I see God saying there's someone here, and I see the number four. You know, like, uh, it, I'm just saying like, it's not guesswork. You're seeing it. Like it's, God's wanting to make it very clear. Or you might just be in the office of a prophet and you have that gift. He's chosen to operate that way through you. And then trances. This sounds like an LSD trip. I don't even like the word trances, but it's in our, it's in our Bible. Um, Peter has a trance on the rooftop. It's, it, he, it calls it a trance. And so he sees it's like an open vision, but it's actually there. He's like enveloped in it. It's like it's not just on the wall, it's around him. The sheet comes down. It's this whole, whole thing that's happening around him. Um, he has this vision, and uh, 
yeah, I don't know if you know that story, but basically God tells him to go and minister to Gentiles through this trance. So those are like kind of rare ways that God speaks. And um, I'd, I'd ask for them, you know, I, if you want them, pray for them. God, God knows uh, what good gifts to give you. And if he never gives you one, um, it's because he's a good dad and he knows what's best. So, but come on, dad, like my son asks me all the time for things. And finally, I'm just like, fine, have the talkies before dinner, you know, and I'm like, come on, dad, talkies before dinner. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping I have that, that same, you know, thing on, you know, that my son has with me. So, um, okay, this is this, I'm going to make it very easy how to administer the, the prophetic. That means how to report it, how to take what you're seeing and to give it. There's three simple steps. I wish I had a slide, but I'm a youth pastor. I don't think about that. Um, so three simple steps. There's a lot of ways you can talk about this, but I like this one because it's three. It's simple. But the first one is, oh man, we're running out of time. The first one is revelation. You get revelation. That means it's information that comes. It's like the raw data. And you, you sense something or you see something in your mind's eye. You get the impression. That's, the, that's revelation. That's God revealing something to you from him. You get that. That's the first step. The second is interpretation. What does this now mean? What does this mean? And that step is where you want to be careful mm -hmm. if you don't know. Somebody else in the room might have it. Or the person you're giving it to might know what you're talking about. Then the third part is application. I got something. What does this mean? Okay, that's what it means. Now what do I do? How do I walk it out? So, um, I, I have two stories that are fun that are not me. I've already bragged on myself, so we'll, we'll go somebody else. Uh, Grace's brother Solomon, I always use him as an example. He was a junior hire at the time. He was at a restaurant with his family. The waitress walks up. Solomon thinks that he has a word for her, and all he's getting is the word hair. Hair. That's it. Hair. So wisely, probably because his parents are there and they know, um, they, don't, they don't understand what it means. So they don't try to fit something in it. God wants to give you a hair ministry. You know, I, like they're not, they're not doing that. So <laughs> um, he, just, he just simply says to the waitress, this is what I feel like God's saying. I don't know what it means, but I just hear the word hair. She breaks down and starts crying. She is in a bad season of her life, so stressed out. She's losing her hair, and the stress of losing her hair is making her more stressed, and now she's losing more hair. They did not know that. They got to pray for her. That's the application. They got to pray. Uh, another one is I have a, a very prophetic buddy down south. He was at a restaurant with his wife. And he looked over and he saw a guy and God spoke to him, probably a little bit of an open vision, so a little unfair, but on the guy's forehead was the name Carol. So God like put words on this guy's forehead, said Carol. 
So again, he didn't go up to him and be like, you're going to have a carol ministry, you know, like, (laughs) what does that mean, carol? Like, I don't know, and, you know, I'm sure he's asking carol, what the heck's carol? Finally, he just goes up to him and goes, hey, buddy, um, you know, I'm so-and-so, who's carol? And he goes, are you a private investigator? That's when you know, that's when you know you're, that's when you know you're prophetic right there. When somebody says, are you a private investigator? No, but I'm prophetic. Um, Carol was a woman who he was having an affair with on his wife. Good, good ending. He repents and his marriage is restored. He repents. He stops seeing Carol, apologizes, repents, and his marriage is restored through the prophetic. That's the prophetic operating healthily. A lot of the prophetic has been abused. It's usually between the, the raw data, the revelation, and the interpretation. People, sometimes prophets, when they're on a roll, and you have the na-na-na's going, and you're, you know, and, you're, and you're on a roll, and you get raw data, and then you're, you just start bulldozing right into inter- interpretation because you're feeling it. No. Calm down the hype. I mean, I, I yell, you know, I get hype. But, but if the hype is leading me into interpretation where I'm not supposed to, then I'm being disobedient. I'm going to damage someone. Bad example, I'll give you one. A prophet stands up, he sees musical notes around somebody, and he goes right in interpretation. Well, no, he sees, he sees musical notes with a cloud. No, no, I'm, I'm mixing two stories together. Let's take away the musical notes, just put them over there. He sees a cloud over someone uh, with finances, like money signs. He sees that over the person. And then he interprets it as this person's been corrupt with his money and calls him out. You know what actually was happening? His business partner was stealing money from him. It was a word to warn him that uh, financial corruption was happening to him by somebody else. So there's a danger when you think you're going right interpretation. So when you get the raw data, just love the raw data. It's like this is... Raw data meaning the first step, revelation. You're getting the word. And then if you cannot, if you don't have a solid thing where you're like, this is it, and you're, you're, you know, you're sensing the spirit on it, just ask, what does this mean to you? Because God, God's kind. He doesn't want to give the prophet every detail. That person has privacy. Like I might be, I might get, I'm getting, I, I can get some things from you guys. When we were praying earlier, I was looking around and I have some things for some people, but I don't even know what it is. I don't know what, what really is going on. I just have a few ideas. And, and, and I think it's okay. I don't want to know everything. God knows you. So I'm not trying to pretend like I know everything, you know. So I, 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 get, I get real careful with the interpretation. I try to handle it the best I can. And the bottom line is humility. Submit this to people. Don't be the person that's like, thus says the Lord. Sometimes it is thus say the Lord, and it's awesome when it lines up, but when thus say the Lord is not what the Lord is saying, it's awful, damaging. People leave the church. So I, I always say things like, I feel like God's saying this. I sense this. Um, I submit this to you, meaning you do, it, you do with it what you think is best. You know the Lord. I'm not your Lord. You take it before God. And that's safe for me too, because I, I don't know. Probably not. Sometimes it's not the Lord. Sometimes it is. And 
And unless I have an open vision, you know, if it was something I was real confident in, I might say, you know, I really, I really sense this is right, but I still submit it. I still submit it. So, um, can, is it okay if I pray for some people? Is that all right? You can say no. Oh, this is a good lesson too. If you don't trust someone and they're anointed and they want to pray over you, guess what? You can tell them no. You don't feel comfortable. Yeah. No, that's all right. Yeah, that's, that's great. If the, if, I mean, honestly, just let's not be impressed with anybody with a mic because they have the anointing. Anointing doesn't always equal maturity and spiritual gifting doesn't always equal authority. The pastor at the church has the authority. The, the little prophet on stage has an awesome gift. So sometimes even I'd submit things to the pastor. Like if I saw something, um, I, I will not say it. If I saw something about you that I was sensing, I would not say it to you. I might go to Noel and be like, Noel, hey, this is what I was sensing for that person. And um, it's sensitive. it feels sensitive. And I just want to submit it to you. Maybe you can ask them, or maybe he already knows. And it might be even confirming to Noel how to lovingly care for you. Mm-hmm. So some things I'm, I might not even say. Uh, right now, I don't have any of that on anybody. I don't have things that are like, I'm going to talk to the pastor about this. You know, <laughs> I, I don't have that. So, um, so I, I, did, I did it. I went to, uh, it's 11. It's 11, so I kind of went long. Um, do I have a couple minutes? Is that okay? Yeah. 